in a world where anyone can have a podcast. Peter Von Panda is one of them. Rants are taken to a whole new level. This is the Peter Von Panda Podcast, a giant waste of time. What's happening, Panda Nation? Peter Von Panda here. I just saw a headline that made me laugh because I think, oh, to the layman, it makes sense. And it sounds super logical, but it kind of reminds me of um, the uh, vandalism during the political season, which I knew were fake. And the headline was this, preppers blamed for shortages at grocery stores or something like that. Basically, what they were saying is that the run on groceries and supplies and all this stuff that's happening right now because of the coronavirus outbreak is being blamed on preppers, you know. And the funny thing to me about it is I would definitely put myself in kind of the light prepper category. And that doesn't make any bloody sense because I'm not buying any groceries uh, above and beyond what I would normally buy because preppers are already prepped. They don't wait for a moment to buy additional food. You know, they don't wait to read the tea leaves and and read the news because guess what? You're going to have the same problem everyone else has, and that's just getting stuff. And to be honest, if you hear of something that is catastrophic, you know, hey, uh, you know, like when the the Twin Towers came down, right? The news of that may mean that you are out of luck at that moment, whether it's cell phone coverage or food or water supplies or uh, dust masks or anything like that. So it's not a situation where, hey, once I hear the news, I will get prepped within a few hours. That's just not how it works. You have to be prepped beforehand. Uh, It's kind of like life insurance. You can't buy it two minutes after you die. You have to have it in place uh, when you're insurable. So uh, I just thought that's really funny because the reason that grocery stores and any of the stores supplies, you know, are being kind of run on right now is the non-prepped. And it's basically the media pushing out a bunch of, oh, bad news, right? Fear. I won't call it fear mongering, but I definitely will say that, you know, uh, it's no secret that media bad news sells, right? So they love it, like a big snowstorm coming or whatever it might be. But the coronavirus is obviously flavor of the day and there's no harm for news outlets that want clicks, that want views and listens to continue to push it. And, you know, the empty store shelves, like I said, it's people that say, hey, I don't have anything. I need to uh, worry about this. I need to get bottled water. But, you know, for me, like I said, I'm not exactly, I don't have a shelter and, you know, a bunch of stuff, but I certainly have I think a lot more supplies than a lot of people. And I would say that in terms of regular grocery food, I could probably go, I don't know, to be really honest, I could probably go two or three weeks with the stuff that I just have in my pantry. A lot of pastas and stuff like that, canned food. Um, So just on regular food, I could probably do two or three weeks pretty comfortably. Beyond that, I could go into the MREs, which are more prepared food. They don't have quite as long of a shelf life as freeze-dried food. But I probably could go a few weeks on that maybe even a little more. And then once you get to the freeze-dried, the shelf-stable stuff, the long-term storage stuff, you know, whether it's the Mountain House or my Lerps or whatever it might be, I could probably go a few weeks on that. And then if we really got to it, the stuff that is really for emergencies, like those Daytrek protein bars, Daytrex protein bars, uh, which are kind of cool, you know, they're kind of like, I don't know, they, they, they taste like smashed pound cake or something you know um they're not really that good but they're they're dense with calories and protein and so uh you can eat them and they're kind of like a nutribar in that 
they are supposed to be as energy dense as anything that you can buy and they're really just meant to keep you alive and going and you know if you're out in a survival situation one of those uh is equivalent to basically like three meals i think there's like two thousand calories in a bar or something like that but i could probably go two three weeks maybe on that so i could probably go several months without having to bring in external food uh, or water into my home and that means that yes if something's going to go down maybe i might buy a little more you know in terms of groceries but basically when you're buying groceries or anything that you can buy at your grocery store or target or walmart you know most of that stuff is um consumable right we talk about expiration dates they need them because a lot of the stuff while you might be able to keep it for a while is not meant to be stored at room temperature for long periods of time so regardless of what you're buying right now i mean you're gonna have to consume it and if nothing happens or if uh coronavirus overwhelms your neighborhood uh three weeks from now you're probably gonna be out of food right and so the people who are prepped are not the ones creating the runs on anything. And so it is, you know, if you're gonna try to assign a blame, the, the blame goes to the people who are not prepped. And, you know, the media should be pushing that. The government should be pushing, hey, maybe we can avoid these punctuated drops in inventory, these uh, possible scenarios for price gouging, right? by having people actually prepare a little bit instead of always just living real time. It's almost a, like I call it the Amazon Prime effect. When you think you can get anything you need within 24 or 48 hours, then what's the point of inventorying anything, right? Basically, it's kind of some moral hazard in taking away the risk that anyone has because someone is going to bring it for them uh, at the moment they need it. And it's just not the way it works. It's, it's just not nature. Now, I hope, in most cases, nobody ever needs to be prepped, and I certainly think, like, you know, I'm not going to go overboard on it because I think I'll probably go my whole life and never really have an issue. But I, I jump on right now because today, the power in my neighborhood went out for about uh, seven hours, I want to say, six or seven hours. It wasn't that long. Uh, it was a scheduled outage, but it's funny because they sent letters uh, to the neighborhood that they were going to have to do this because of maintenance and so they were upgrading some infrastructure and et cetera, et cetera. And the letter didn't come with any tips on anything aside from, hey, if you're on emergency equipment, you should maybe go out and figure out what you're going to do or or work, or, you know, or, or be at a different location for the time being. But it's just funny because even talking to my neighbors, how disruptive it was to not have electricity for a few hours. Now, I have a generator, so I was still back online. I was still doing work. My lights were on. My heat was on. But it dipped down back into the 30s today. So it was pretty cold, and if you don't have power, your furnace isn't blowing, right? Your lights aren't on, uh, your refrigerator and your freezers aren't working. So one, I thought it would be interesting to say in that letter, don't open your fridges and freezers because they work for a pretty long time, as long as you don't open them and exchange uh, that cold air with the outside ambient uh, air or ambient temperature air and room temperature air. But I also saw that a lot of the garage doors were up because people were trying to get out of their house. So they were manually pushing the garage doors up. They weren't closing them because they were going to have to come back and they couldn't open them from the outside. So in my neighborhood, for at least a better portion of the day here, I was looking around and everyone had like one garage door up. But, you know, I was able to move mine up and down without a problem. And that's a little bit of prep, right? And that's it was kind of a realization to me that most people are probably unprepared to go a day, not even a work day, right, without power. And not that there aren't emergency services or they couldn't get their car out and running and it wasn't snowed in, there wasn't bad weather, we weren't uh, uh, burdened with a disease or a pandemic, you know, none of that. It's just electricity was out for a little while. Plan 
end nonetheless, right? So uh, kind of interesting there. And so I just think that that's a good sign that most people are, you know, overwhelmingly, by and large, unprepared for anything, not just a pandemic, but just anything. And so whether it is, um, you know, keeping your house warm, you know, like I love my word burning stove because even in the Arctic or the polar vortex a couple years ago, my furnace did go out for a night and figured out what it was, but I wasn't sure if it was um, a furnace that had gone totally kaput or whatever, but I fired up some fires and kept the house, you know, not toasty warm, but high 60s, so livable warm, a little, a little cold for my taste, but um, it was probably the coldest night of the year and we were able to do that. So uh, you don't have to worry about some of the things happening when you can just go analog and you have some supplies on hand. So anyway, listen, there are a lot of ways to do it. And, you know, I, I don't, I'm going to do a podcast talking about, a podcast episode talking about why I think the government recommendations on food and emergency supplies are, are really dumb. I just think they are, they're not even average for what people need. They're just kind of like the minimum for for an average and so what that means is that they're pretty much not good for anyone you know unless you have like the most minimal of emergencies but one thing that i think you know is pretty reasonable is that they're the wise food company and i think mountain house you know there are these food buckets patriot foods you know i don't have any deals with any of them um have and I will say that in the description here, if I can put links to them, I will, so that you don't have to go searching around for them. But a lot of these are like a two-week food supply, one-week food supply. Um, some of them are even like a one-week food supply for a family of four, you know, and it's just like a bucket of plastic pail. You know, they're usually waterproof, and they have a bunch of freeze-dried food in them. Now, I would say that, especially in the Wise Company Food, I haven't been impressed with the the meal quality. But what I'm saying is, you know, between home cooked meals is kind of your first choice and you and, and you should go through that food stuff if if you are in an emergency situation. And then go through maybe more packaged but and and shelf stable but not long term storage like MREs. I think those are gonna be pretty good. Your canned food, things like that that can last a long time. And then when you get to freeze dried, you just have to understand, especially if you're not a backpacker or something like that, is taking food freeze dried food on a trip uh, for a long period of time. Mm. I drink in my tea. Um, what you're going to notice is that it's, you know, it has its its unique flavor qualities and traits. And that is usually uh, things kind of get a little mushy. It's dehydrated, rehydrated by boiling things, you know, and, and some of them are really good. But when you buy them in the bucket, normally when I make the pasta or whatever, it makes a huge heaping qual quantity of it because that's where you're going to get the max value. Uh, but the food is okay. I mean, it's a little bland. It's a little mushy, whatever. It's probably not something that you could even plate or dress up to be a really high quality meal or even a home cooked meal. But I, I don't think that's the point. The point is that you're getting like 80% of the experience of eating prepared food, you know, some nice pastas with chicken, you know, um, breakfast skillets. You can get these things in freeze dry food. They won't pass for anything that's like restaurant quality, but you're getting that experience of still living in society, um, not being on the threshold of apocalypse right you're getting kind of that experience of of, of good quality food um, something that replicates something that you get at home you know the meals are going to be um, similar in name like spaghetti meatballs or whatever it might be and so it's a little bit of that comfort like you're living in civilization again but you're talking about something that can store for years and be heated up uh, um, with some hot water and eaten in a few minutes 
And I think having that adds a little bit of normalcy in an emergency situation, and that stuff lasts for years. So this bucket, you know, let's call it a week or two weeks, you know, might be 150 bucks. But I think that is a small, small price to pay, you know, even if you were buying one every year, but I don't even think you need to. If you bought one now, you had it in your pantry, your closet, your attic, or whatever, wherever you could grab it quickly, your garage is probably fine too. Um, and then if something has happens, you know that at least, hey, I've got a week's worth of food or a couple weeks worth of food and 150 bucks i think is cheap insurance it's not even ongoing as long as you have a place to put it in the back of your closet you don't have to pay for storage or anything like that and you've got it man you've got it and in, in fact i think in a lot of cases i forget how much stuff i have because i'm always adding and not really using as much um i should probably use some more and i'll probably do some reviews on it but one of the things that i like is just you know as opposed to paying an insurance premium or something like that that might rely on someone else to come out and bail you out or something or repair something at a later date. Man, it, it is just relatively affordable to have a little bit of buffer. And I'm surprised at how many people don't. And I get it. I'm not saying that 100 bucks or 150 bucks on something that you hope you will never have to use and that you hope six years from now is uh, beyond its expiration date and you're going to throw away and then have to spend another 150 bucks. But what I'm saying is that um, the idea that people go to the grocery store and buy out is a bad sign of how unprepared most people are and how poorly, I don't know, educated they are on what you actually need because most of that stuff that you buy at the grocery store is not going to last that long, right? It's not going to last you years, you know, or be able to give you uh, some peace of mind for years to come. It's going to give you some peace of mind for the next few weeks, maybe. So anyway, that's my rant for today. Hey, check out the freeze-dried food. It's usually pretty good. That's all. But hey, my whole point here is preppers are not causing the run on food and groceries. It's the unprepared. Peter Von Panda, out. This is the Peter Von Panda Podcast. A giant waste of time.